Hi team, Richard Greer here, CP Coach. I'm here with Jess Garrett, and tonight we are talking Waka 100. It's our second Waka 100 special of the season. How are you doing, Jess? I'm good, thanks. How are you going? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Uh, it's been a little while. I just looked back. It's been eight weeks since we did our first Waka 100 show. Have you oh. been on your mountain bike since then? I have been out mountain biking. I actually took the dogs out this morning in the minus degree weather here in Wanaka. Oh, um, so, yeah, getting out there. Yep. Yeah, well done. Well done. I have to say that's probably better than what I've done. They had a couple of rides, but not much uh, recently. She's been pretty frosty and nasty, hasn't it, yeah. um, down this way? Absolutely. Nice work. So we are talking Waka 100. We've got all sorts of things. We've got a whole bunch of guests and things that we're going to talk to tonight. Tonight's show is brought to you by Team CP, your endurance coaching specialist. And we're going to talk through, we're going to talk through nutrition. We're going to talk through training. We're going to talk about uh, what's happening with the event. We're going to um, have a have a chat um, with Anita, who's going to do the Waka 100 for the first time and sort of roll through all sorts of different things. But before we go too far, I uh, just want to intro to everyone that's watching, listening, etc. First of all, for those that are, uh, are watching live, flick us a comment as we're going during mm -hmm. the show. So our job for this podcast is to be as interactive as we can and basically answer your questions as we go. So make sure you do that and then we'll look to answer them um, and, and uh, help you out. And hopefully, ultimately, this podcast is all about helping you get to the start of the race fit, fresh, injury-free with a plan about how you're going to do it. And if you do that stuff well in your training, you're just going to have a better day. Would that be fair, Jess? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, nice Bring work. So one of... Or to, uh, yeah, if you've got any questions for any of our guests, if you pop them in the comments, we'll get those answered. Yeah, that's awesome. So so one of the things we've got going on, we've got, uh, I do a, a regular group Zwift ride. So it's uh, a, a group Zwift meetup. No one gets dropped. We have an audio app that we can share and chat and um kind of uh, say, right, we're going to sprint here, we're going to climb this hill or do this interval. We've got a week of Waka that we're doing on Zwift on the 4th of July. So if that sounds a bit like you, if you do some indoor training, um, get in touch and we'll post in the comments below as well to uh, basically sign up, join in and uh, get a whole bunch of the Waka 100 community riding together. So that's, that's, um, that's a key thing that we're doing, hopefully help you out there. And doesn't matter where in the country or where in the world you are to jump into that. Uh, and then also, like our our job as sort of the key coaching provider for Waka 100 is basically just to help people. So obviously we do the, your training plans and your coaching support, but hey, we're here to help answer some questions as well. So via this platform, but then also just feel free to to touch base with us and and uh, happy to share based on our experience of this awesome event. Sounds great. Cool. Nicely done. So who yeah, so let's just roll through what, what the show is going to be about. So we're going to kick off the show shortly with uh, Team CP Sport Dietitian, uh, Kushla Holdaway. She's, um, and I guess in terms of that, good nutrition is going to allow you to make the most of your training that you do, whether it's recovery from a short, hard session or um, what you take on your next long ride. So Kushla is going to discuss what we should be shooting for to fuel our body alongside a bunch of examples that you can test out and, uh, and have a play with on your next training mission. So, so I'm going to talk to Kusha about that. So tonight's uh, podcast is all about how do we get organised. Second of all, we're going to chat to Anita Goodman. She's um, and checking on her progress as she lines up for her first Waka 100 in October after having a great time in the Waka 150 last time, Waka 50 last time around. And we're going to wrap the show up by talking about the nitty gritty of training um, together, Jess and I, and talking about long ride, strength focus ride, speed sessions, training volume, recovery, technical skills, all that stuff that how do I piece that together and how do I actually make sure I make the most of my 
training time. But to get underway, we're going to have a quick chat with Mike Cocken, who's one of the uh, fantastic Walker 100 team doing the hard yards in the background to bring us this fantastic event. So, Mike, is he back there? Welcome. Jura. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Mike? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, ready for the uh, the long weekend. Looking forward to it and hopefully getting on the bike if the weather's permitting well. Perfect, perfect. So how is Rotorua and how are the trails lately? Um, they've been pretty wet recently. Um, the weather's given them a bit of a beating, um, uh, as have the as have the riders. Um, but um, we're pretty ex we're looking forward to um, just showcasing them later in the year. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to dry out and be pristine as they have been for the last couple of years. So looking forward to yeah, it. Good stuff. Yeah, nice work. Nice work. So just wanted to get you on quickly for a couple of minutes and just to kind of update us on where everything's at. So you've got a bunch of new developments that you've built into the basically the event weekend, which is which is uh, evolving and evolving. So can you kick off by telling us a little bit about this new inner city mountain bike road game um, that's, that, that you've developed? What's that about? Yeah, sure. So um, we've been working with um, OBOP, so Orienteering Bay of Plenty, are putting on a um, inner city road game. It's going to be free for all Walker 100 participants and their families. So it's a really good way of just kind of getting uh, getting the whole group together and um, exploring Rotorua's CBD area. Um, kicks off at 5.30 on the Thursday night at uh, Jean Batten Square, which is right next to the library, um, right in the city center where we're holding registration. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so if you're there earlier in the week for the Walker 100, um, definitely check that one out. So really just to explore Rotorua is what it's about. Actual... Yeah, exactly. Um, so you get to explore the town, find some new places you haven't seen, or maybe you'll pass a bar or somewhere you want to check out, or, you know, maybe you've not been out to Sulphur Point, or maybe, you know, you haven't been down to the, you know, the park, Kura Park or anywhere else. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be all over the place, but um, it's definitely going to be a good fun one to, to bring everybody along for. Nice, nice. So the pre-race shootout was something that was a bit of a favourite, like the Saturday beforehand, to sort of see where everybody's at and have a good hard hit out for a few minutes around around the the lower trails. And also the fat fat tire crit, something that you've developed over time as well. But that's been replaced by this Ermid Eliminator. So that sounds pretty epic. What is it? Who's where? When is it held? And who's it for? Tell us about this Urban Eliminator. Sure thing. So it sounds it sounds pretty hardcore. Um, so yeah, like like you said, it's replacing the shootout and the fat tire crit. Um, what it is going to basically be is an event right in the center of the city, um, adjacent to Eat Street, um, on the Friday night. So starting at around kind of five o'clock, um, and then finals will be at seven p.m. So. The event will see riders racing like shoulder to shoulder on a tight and twisty like 500 meter course so real fast speedy laps um we're going to have man-made features so like bumps berms rollers um maybe a couple sort of tabletops and things like that um and there's going to be some really juicy prize money as well um the fun part about it is that anyone can have a go qualifying um, and the way it works is almost like a tournament style. So the fastest rider progresses to the next round and then the fastest um, from that heat progresses to the next one. Um, so it's um, it's a really fun format. So and anyone can have a go. And, you know, so, you know, someone like me, who's a bit more of a weekend warrior and a couple of years ago struggled on the 25 and I'm not super competitive. You know, I'd definitely be entering just to have a blast around you know, town and have a go on these features. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. Um, 
and then we'll have um, we've got a, a men's and a women's. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be really exciting. I think um, one of the great things about it as well is it's going to be really fun to watch. So even if you go in for, and you just don't make your qualifying lap or you're not interested at all in taking part, it's worth going down there. Um, you know, when you're going for a drink or you're going out for dinner with the kids and, and the family um, as part of the Walker, go and watch it. It's going to be really fun. Um, and we're also um, inviting a bunch of elite riders to it as well. So um, you might see some big names there. Nice. I feel like I should uh, turn up with my knee pads on. There might be a bit of carnage yeah it's um i mean it's it's designed to be exciting um i mean you know we don't we don't want any injuries but we've got some interesting features in there and i think people are going to be really keen to win some of those prizes so um i think those later heats uh, they're going to be pretty pretty spicy <laughs> yeah, good, job, good job good job and uh but wait that's not all you've got a movie night lined up for us too on the walker 100 weekend that's right um <laughs> so um we are, are on the saturday of the, the weekend and um, we're going to be hosting a free mountain bike movie night um at the wipar venue um which is where the, the finish line and the expo is and um, we're going to have a beanbag lounge um so again another opportunity to to come along and if you've just done the 50 race uh, you know rest your legs or um if you're doing um the big events or the 25 on the on the sunday well 25 is a big event for some people you know um yeah, totally. go along for some inspiration <laughs> and um yeah, uh, so uh, we're really excited by that as well. So again, you know, all these events are just kind of building out the weekend. So there's there's something to do for everybody. Um, we just know that people are coming um, earlier, earlier in the week to to ride and to practice and to to see Rotorua, and that's excellent. So we want to help support that. Yeah, brilliant. No, fantastic. And anything else to add just before you disappear? Yeah, just before I go, um, I guess it's this final reminder that um, the places are going really quick, which is which is great, um, but not not so great if you're still on the fence. So there's about 30 entries left for the 100k um, and the 50k events. They've been really popular, and then we've got 40 uh, fewer than 40 spots in the miler and the 10k. So if you're if you're already in the event and you know your other half or your your kids are looking or your friend who's maybe a bit of a beginner is thinking about coming um then i encourage them to enter that 10k it's a great way to to do their first event um and then once we sell out we'll be switching to a waitlist system so you can still put your name in but you're not necessarily guaranteed to to be there on the start line in october um and the very final thing as well is what we're really excited about is um We've got our new merch store online, which uh, may or may not have seen. Um, we've got some kind of some kit like this, but we're also getting some cool stuff designed by Enzo's uh, Gaz Sullivan. Um, so we're really excited to be launching that really soon. Um, so it's a nice little memento or a keepsake um, that you can you can grab on there. So encourage every, everybody to check out the website, have a look on there on every, anything I've talked about um, this evening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. And the final thing I'd say is just book your accommodation. We did that the other week. So um, make sure that's organized because Rotor is pretty full and busy across that weekend. Don't leave that to the last minute. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I actually uh, wrote and sent out uh, sent out a participant email just on that um, because um, we work quite closely with Destination Rotorua um, to see how, how busy it is. And it's getting pretty full already. So um, yeah, I encourage you to check it out and um, check out our um, our stay page on the website as well. Um, if you're if you're feeling like a little bit of luxury, we do have um, a, new, uh, a deal with the Pullman, which is the five star hotel in Rotorua. It's very nice, um, and we've got some really cool benefits around that as well. So I encourage you to have a look. Brilliant. Well done, Mike. Look after yourself. Keep up the great work, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. 
Cool. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Yep. Amazing. He's a busy man. Oh, yeah. There's lots of things going on. It sounds like a busy, <laughs> busy festival that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome. So we just uh, booked our accommodation Wednesday to Wednesday is the plan. So uh, go there a few days earlier um, and lining up for the Waka 100 miler. So quite excited to do the inaugural event of that, um, which would be good. So And then a couple yeah. of days to hopefully um, be able to walk again before we come home. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But uh, enough about me. Let's talk training nutrition, shall we? Yeah. In terms of uh, how do we fuel our body? How do we get our most of it out of our training rides and uh, hopefully line up to race day in one piece and, and feeling good? Kushla, how are you getting on this evening? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, fantastic. So you're our, you're our um, sports dietitian. You, um, you've helped a whole bunch of people with all sorts of different events, but but specifically Walker 100 as well, because that's, I guess it's one of those events you can't just turn up for. It's a nutritionathon, isn't it? In regards to if you fuel your body well, then you're going to go well. But we're going to talk about race nutrition down the track, but effectively training nutrition leads into that anyway, doesn't it, in terms of what we practice and what we do. So let's just maybe today in today's chat actually talk through sort of pre-ride nutrition, actual the ride training nutrition, and then maybe recovery nutrition. So so, so with that said, pre-ride nutrition, first of all, why is it important? Why do we need to maybe fuel our body or, or why not prior to riding and training? Mm. When you fuel yourself directly before a session, it's allowing readily available fuel to be in your system ready to go. And ultimately, you're going to get more out of that session. And you only have so many training sessions before a race. So you want to make sure that every one you go out and do, you get the most out of. So that's yep. the most important reason you want to fuel and you want to be well hydrated so that you feel good and you're minimizing any feelings of fatigue or anything that can come from that as well. And mm -hmm. um, the timing of the day the session is will ultimately dictate how you might feel before that. Um, so a lot of people train first thing in the morning or say after work tends to be the two key times. Um, and I guess the big question everyone asks is, should I be training fasted in the morning? Um, and it really does depend. I I like to go by if you're you know healthy and otherwise well, no injuries, no underlying issues going on, um, then it's okay to do a minority of your sessions fasted in the week, given they don't go over about 45 to 60 minutes in our zone two or less, so quite low intensity. Um, but anything longer or harder than that, you will get more out of that session, and it's important that you do fuel with something small and carb-rich beforehand. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah, that's right. I'd say one of my sessions, my 6am Zwift session, I'm, I'm getting up at about 5.45 and sort of on the train. I haven't said anything and sort of uh, getting up and underway. That There's nothing. And, but there's a drink bottle that I'll drink during it and making sure that I have something afterwards, which we'll talk about shortly as well. So what are some examples of, I guess, that, that morning is a wee bit different, but of, of some pre-ride options? What, do we, what should we be shooting for? What's, a, what's some good things to have prior to riding? Yeah, it doesn't need to be anything fancy at all. Like literally as you're jumping on your bike in the garage or running out the door like a banana, literally it's all it takes. Um, if you have a little bit more time, maybe just a piece of toast with some jam or peanut butter. Um, but yeah, very simple. Um, it could be like a mini can of creamed rice. It depends on your preferences. A little bit of fruit. Yeah, it doesn't need to be anything big, just a little bit of carb just something so then we can uh, I guess it's about quality of training isn't it so we can actually go hard enough and, and push ourselves to the level that we need to in that particular session um, and I guess timing is part of that as well in terms of what we have 
so so tell us a little bit more about timing and why that's important the timing beforehand yeah beforehand yep so before training sessions like you can train your gut to do it pretty much as you're heading out the door. I mean, ultimately, when you're doing endurance events, you'll be eating during the activity anyway. So kind of take that as like, hey, it's great practice mm-hmm. having fuel in my gut as I'm training. Um, so yeah. ideally, that can be literally as you're starting the session. Um, if it's more of a proper breakfast, like um, your race day breakfast, you want to allow two to four hours for that to digest. And then in the 30 to 60 minutes beforehand, top up with, again, that little carb-rich snack. If that's something you do, some people don't do that, but other people might like a gel or some gummy snakes or something just nice, to nice, top nice. up their tank. Yeah, And I guess that's the beauty of riding a bike is that it's it's not running, so you can probably – it doesn't have that um, jiggle-joggle kind of feel as we're, as we're going, so we can kind of cope with a little bit more, can't we? Yeah, I think that's the benefit of cycling and even kayaking. You can get away with a little bit more – quantity and sometimes heavier type foods that you probably wouldn't get away with with the jiggling motion of running um, necessarily <laughs> some people might but yeah 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 good stuff and and in your job like obviously you work with a whole bunch of different people um it's the what could possibly go wrong here like where can how can we get this wrong um what could go wrong i guess people are worried that they'll have stomach upset mm-hmm. um Less so on a on a bike, but it still does happen, especially like more refluxy. And you know, people are always yeah. worried about having runner's gut and knowing where the public toilets are and all of that. Yeah, um, yeah. But ultimately, it does just take practice and working alongside maybe a dietitian. But it's, if you're experiencing things like that all the time, that's not normal. And there's generally very easy nutrition tweaks that completely resolve those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so don't like just put up with gut issues or anything if you're experiencing those. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And I guess that's also part of what we're going to do prior to race day as well. So practicing breakfast and things. And ultimately, that comes down to nerves as well, possibly. Um, on mm. and, and, and that's where I guess some pre-race events and bits and pieces and practice ones is part of that pre-race nutrition plan as well, isn't it? Definitely. Just a fun training mission with friends. It's very easy to enjoy your brekkie and get ready and whatever. And race day comes around, you try and have that same breakfast and suddenly every mouthful you're struggling to swallow because you're so nervous and feel like you're going to be sick. So um, as many little lead up events you can do to basically mimic race day, the more confident you'll be and the better experience you'll have. Yeah, perfect. Now that's good advice. Uh, Training nutrition, why is it important and when might it not be quite so important? During rides, you mean? Yeah, so during tra- training, actual yeah. training nutrition itself. So given you've had like a good mimic race day brekkie a few hours beforehand and you're heading out, you can generally get away with up to about 90 minutes without necessarily having to take on carbs during that session. Of course, mm-hmm. you'll need some fluid, maybe even a little bit of sports drink if you want, but you don't need to be like hammering 90 grams of carb an hour um, yeah. if it's just going to be like an hour and a half session. Where you do want to start thinking about carbs might be if it's sort of 90 minutes to two hours, um, mm-hmm. that sort of time frame. And um, that can literally just be some sports drink. So I find if I'm you know, going out for a two hour run and I fuel beforehand, I might literally just have a small amount of tailwind on me and that's all I'll have. Um, mm-hmm. And that works well. Um, but yeah, maybe like if it's up to two hours, you might aim for 30 to 60 grams of carb an hour, which is equivalent to basically a gel has about 25, say, banana has 30. Cliff Bar has 40, just to give you an idea of carb. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it might just be like a couple of those options or one or some sports mm-hmm. drink. Um, if you're heading out for like three, four, five, six or more hours, 
then you do want to be getting in more carbohydrates earlier because the duration is going to be so much longer. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're simulating that event then, isn't it? We're starting to go, okay, well, if we're getting to four, five and six hours, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's a long, long ride and a big day out. So that's mm -hmm. where we just need to make sure that we are organized, aren't we? Because we want to, the other sessions we really want to make sure that we do well and uh, have a good crack at so we can actually finish strong as well rather than being useless at the finish and everyone waiting for you. Mm. If you if you wait two hours into a big session or, or the race to start taking on nutrition, you're already in quite, you know, your, your breakfast is well gone, you're in a bit of a deficit already and you've still got four hours of racing to go. So you just want to avoid that kind of situation. So little and often from the get-go, especially if the duration's going to be several hours. Yeah, yeah. Good. which which my next question was timing. So basically what you've said is let's do it straight away and that's saving and sparing and, and using uh, the, the the carbohydrates that we've got on board in our muscles already and we're using the um, the fuel that's being digested first opposed mm -hmm. to um, using up all our reserves and then going, uh oh, what do we do next? Mm -hmm. I guess too thinking, um, like I worked with a few cyclists and that kind of thing and I'm thinking too with Walker when you start, it's probably quite congested. Um, yep. different to road racing I guess but similarities and that in itself can make people fearful to take their hands anywhere off the handlebars which can yes, then yes. affect how much nutrition you're taking on um, mm -hmm. so my question for you would be for Walker how how long into that race is it really congested and full-on for for people with new, oh, taking on nutrition yeah it is I guess it depends on what level and where you're starting on the start line as well obviously they leave in waves um I think that's where like a camelback comes into play. So you actually can grab the hose, throw it in your mouth and actually, mm -hmm. and then spit it out rather than having to grab a drink bottle or, or take your hands off your handlebars to eat anything. So yeah. I'd say that's, that's, that's my recommendation there. So you're actually having some sports drink from the start and you can do it, I don't know, within five or 10 minutes really, but it will be busy for the first, I don't know, probably at least an hour or so mm -hmm. um, before you get a few four-wheel drive tracks back to the single track back to the four-wheel drive track and and then you can start getting into your rhythm a bit more so I think if you've got those hands-free options that makes a big difference yeah yeah gives you a bit more confidence too and just sip on that fluid from the get-go yeah yeah for sure yeah. um do you have any from your experience any uh um I guess ideas in terms of carrying sort of food and uh so we talked about the fluid but actually the food side of things is it back pockets or what are your thoughts there what I really enjoyed using on the bike was the little bento boxes, the wee Velcro ones that you mm -hmm. put on yep. your, um, like the bar of your bike or handlebars or wherever. Yep. Um, yep. And just cram them full of like little broken up pieces of your food that, yep. uh, you know, get rid of the package, break them up. And then they're literally just little mouthfuls. That's really easy. Yep. And then if you have, if you are wearing a camelback, like if that's what you decide to do, some have like pockets down the front or if it's a vest mm -hmm. or something similar, um, pockets, yeah, anywhere where there is space or you can strap or stick something on, just go yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I really, I, I like that and I've used that myself as well, is that you just reach forward, it's right in front of you, you can see it, you don't forget about it and you can just throw it in there. And, and, and I think that's one point you made there is it's actually about variety as well. When we start going long, you don't want to have the same flavour of your music bar the whole way around. You put your hand in the box and what am I going to pull out this time? That's part of the fun of it as well. I mean, when you don't want to be there anymore, uh, anything that anything can help the um, raise team morale, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. A little pick and mix box for a morale boost. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, that's awesome. Um, anything oh, from the what can go wrong? Uh, scenario from your experience reviewing um, Walker 100 and other mountain bike events 
from others? Anything that we should be aware of or thinking about? Um, I think mm, timing, I think what people find hard is being able to carry what they want and how much they want mm-hmm. between the aid stations, especially for those longer courses. And if they're not like going to be super fast, you know, you're going to be out there for longer and it's going to be a longer duration between when you can top up. So it's just yeah. often it can be challenging just working out like where they're going to carry their fluid, how they'll do it. And it's not always like you won't be 100% hitting your fluid targets necessarily, but it comes down yeah. to a practicality. This is all we can manage and do the best. And that's just part of racing sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. Good advice. Um, that's awesome. We're going to talk about recovery nutrition, but before we do, I'm just going to mention if you've got any questions for Kushla in regards to nutrition, now's your time to jump on and maybe type some in in regards to Waka 100 and, and we'll have a crack at answering them. But recovery nutrition. So why is recovery nutrition so important when we're talking training, Kushla? Mm. So recovery nutrition basically gives your body back all the building blocks it needs to refuel from the session and repair any muscular damage or anything that goes on and it initiates muscle protein synthesis, which is what we want. Where recovery nutrition is really important is where you're doing multiple training sessions in a day so that time between sessions is less or you might be doing, say, a later evening one and then getting up again in the morning and doing an early session. So that's where it's crucial. If you're just doing like... 40 minutes, an hour of lower intensity training every other day. You don't need to come back and hammer a huge recovery smoothie on top of a good Mm -hmm. breakfast beforehand. It's more just timing it around where your normal meals and snacks would happen in the day. So maybe, you know, if you go for a run in the morning after breakfast, you'd have like a good recovery snack with a bit of protein and carbs in there, say um, unsweetened yogurt and some fruit with some nuts and seeds. And that might be your morning tea, but also be, of course, your recovery snack. And then you just go on and have your normal meal throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. Um, and any tips to help make it happen to make sure you actually do that? So as you say, like I don't, you don't always need to go for a full on recovery thing because your next meal, if that's coming up, that can be that anyway. But mm-hmm. um, any other tips to make sure that we actually do that recovery when we for the times that we need to? Having the foods you like there is a good start nothing worse than getting home or back to the car and there's no food there or nothing you like or you haven't done the shopping so always make sure there it's right in front of you it's ready to go I guess the trickiest place for recovery is if you're out and about and you're away from home so you need to think ahead of time to pack something so that might be just where it's easier to have um banana obviously it's pre-packaged it's great take a banana with you or some fruit um maybe some yogurt or some crackers or maybe a little bit of a sandwich um but just something there like you need to be organized to make sure that you're not overlooking your recovery because that will impact your training and therefore what can you do tomorrow because i'm shocked from the day before as well um and, and what about timing is that important like is it do i need to have things straight away is it within that hour or is it 20 minutes what's the sort of time frames on some of these things that we should be shooting for let's let's sort of talk of specifically sort of that long hard session that we've done and we've got another one that we want to have a crack at tomorrow so so recovery is important now so ideally hydration as soon as possible that should just start straight yep. away And then within an hour, ideally, starting to get a decent amount of carbohydrates in and some protein, um, yeah, two to four grams per kg, and then having carbs at every meal until your next training session as well. And for some people who are doing really intensive sessions, that's where sports drinks can be really, really helpful because they not only hydrate you really quickly, but they give you the carbs as well. 
Um, yes. And I forgot to mention too, in terms of being practical when you're away from home, whatever, chocolate milk is wonderful. I forgot to mention yes. that. So the little <laughs> teacher facts, they're great. Yeah. There is a um, one. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, recovery doesn't just turn off after an hour. It's not like, hey, we don't recover after that amount of time. It's a constant process, um, but it, it, you do get the best benefits if you get it in as soon as you can after. Yeah, that's right. And I guess the other thing with that is that if you are, if it is a big key session, if you're not so low at the end of your session, then recovery is easier as well. So like actually not completely um, breaking yourself. So actually keep fueling during those key sessions. So then your recovery gets easier too. Mm, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Nice work. So just to wrap up, any other sort of key tips thinking about Walker 100 and riding a mountain bikes and, and doing big long endurance events which which this is through from a, like that 10 25 50 100 and maybe even um and any tips for me because i'm supposed to be writing this <laughs> it's going to take me a long time like all day we're going to start at i don't know what time of the day four o'clock i'm not sure in the dark and finished hopefully before tea time um any tips Oh, it's awesome that you're doing that. I think you, you've got so much experience behind you. You'll have lots of little tips and tricks, but I'm sure you'll be planning it out, you know, on your big training missions, making sure you practice exactly food, the foods you're having on race day, how you're going to carry them, where, what, um, just getting all those little practicality things sorted out. Um, so you're not arriving on race day and going, crap, I can't fit all this in my pack or um, I don't I don't actually have enough fluid between the aid stations. Um, so, yeah, ironing out any of those things that make you feel really stressed on race day um, yeah. so that it's just one more thing that you can then control, isn't it? And you know you're going to get right. So. That's right. Yeah, right. And and being organised is part of that, isn't it? Like actually, so I'm not doing it last minute is is key. So yeah, no, that's good. And as as you always tell me every time, um, don't do anything new on race day. So that's why we need to practice it in our training nutrition. Yeah, and even in the days leading up, don't have anything too weird, wacky, and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Try and stick to your normal, typical eating routine and foods. Um, you don't want to have a bout of food poisoning beforehand either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Perfect, Kushta. Fantastic. Really appreciate your time. Um, fantastic insights. And uh, yeah, all the best for your training. And, and thanks for sharing with our Waka 100 community. Cool. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Good job. Bye. Well done. Thanks. Bye. 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 Any uh, key learnings, key points from that, Jess, for you? Yeah, you, you said it just before, it's organisation and um, throughout your chat with Kushla, that was one of the things that kept coming up for me that I wrote down a few times. It's the organisation that is really going to set you ahead and set you up well for any race and, and training nutrition as well. Yes, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So have it there when you want it and the food yeah. that you like and uh, chocolate milk, a stash of that's always a winner. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a bit of powdered recovery formula actually. That works really well because you can have it in a drink bottle, bit of water, shake it up, and then you then yeah. you're good to go. So then you then you've always kind of, kind of got some close by or in the cupboard to have, which is uh, which is a good option. So yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. Cool. So our next guest, rolling along. Welcome, Anita. Anita. Hello again. Nice to see you guys. Thanks for having me back. Good Thanks for coming job. back. Awesome. Uh, how are you getting on, Anita? It was, uh, I was looking back before, and it was eight weeks since we talked to you last. Uh, yeah. When the now, what's the? Um, we were really impressed by your enthusiasm to ride your bike last time um, when we caught up, and uh, and I think probably definitely rubbed off on a few others. So we're now in the depths of winter. What's the current enthusiasm levels? If you're going to give us a score out of ten. Um, enthusiasm for the event and for bikes is always at a ten. Um, okay, yeah. 
enthusiasm for training is probably sitting at maybe a seven at the moment. And like last week or two weeks ago when we had that eight days of constant rain, I think enthusiasm yep. was sitting at negative 10. It was just, too, it was so yeah. bad. And I, um, yeah, the, the weather was not inspiring me, but I'm back yeah. to sitting at a higher level of enthusiasm again now. So that's good. Yeah, 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 right. So your seven sounds more impressive, especially when you give me a negative scale, you can slide below <laughs> zero as well. Okay, that's it. So we're doing all right. We're doing all right. That's good. Um, so give us some highlights. What, what's been happening over the last couple of months for you? Let's get away from the negativeness of rain and darkness. <laughs> Um, highlights of the last couple of months got back into some racing for the first time um, goodness since August of last year I think so um, had the T42 in May and Craters Classic in May Um, so it was really exciting to just yeah finally get back to some racing although it's a little bit scary now knowing that I can't get to any more races until Waka 100 day. Um, So there's no room to to practice a few things and get into race mode for me. It's just going to be shop on the day and and hopefully back in tune with racing. So, yeah, Yeah, it's been two two races since August last year, and then it's Waka 100, and here we go. (laughs) That's right. I think that'll be the same for a lot of people, won't it? There's not going to be a whole lot on beforehand. Um, So so I guess you've got to take those opportunities and, and just simulate that race with one or two others and and uh yeah just just go and have a good crack at some good intensity from time to time as well yeah 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 nice nice uh biggest challenge uh over the last couple of months i'm not going to say the biggest negative uh thing but what's the biggest challenge what have you been up against um life i would say life (laughs) you know working um volunteering everything that life throws at you and trying to get some training time in and the weather i mean you know the last couple of weeks everybody has been so wet and cold and miserable and it's been a little bit uninspiring um so just actually trying to prioritize some training and looking at the calendar going crap it's it's four months away um and i'm not fitness wise where i was a year ago and it's a little bit concerning coming up to doing a 100k ride um i think that's the real challenge right now is just you're trying to prioritize training around everything else in life which is Mm -hmm. what everyone else struggles with as well of you know a 100k riders especially through um the redwoods you know i've done a couple of 100k mountain bike events before but they have not been like the walk 100 the terrain is a bit easier um you know it's a really big day um so trying to get some longer rides in and get that endurance going again has definitely been a challenge the last couple of months yeah 100 percent. so what have you been doing to try and do a bit of training makes all this last um a couple of races and that's about it <laughs> yeah, no, right. good stuff. um yeah it's not been going so good um my last sort of longer distance ride was the last couple of races in may i haven't right. managed to fit any in since then um so looking at things going i really need to to prioritize that a bit um because yeah it's not that far away i'm at the moment hoping to sort of just rely on some some base that I've got from the last couple of years, but it's um yeah, it's it's not going so good to be honest. Um yeah, so yeah. I feel like there's probably a lot of people in that bracket of just really struggling. So I think a lot of us, yeah, a lot of us are struggling with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um you haven't not been riding your bike though. You ha- you were talking about yeah. the long sessions. I haven't done that. Yeah. So maybe that's not entirely true that I've just um I'm relying on 
on, um, on <laughs> my fitness of what you've been doing in the past. So what have you been doing? You've been sitting looking at the brick wall in the garage, riding the No, or... never. No. So, yeah, I, I definitely have been riding my bike a lot, but that's sort of shorter ride. So every week um, on Wednesdays I take out the local kids for some mountain bike rides. I volunteer with the yeah. club there. Um, yeah. We're doing some monthly ladies rides. And so I'm probably getting on the mountain bike, yeah, twice a week for some short rides. I just haven't been managing to get those long rides. Also, the trainer in the garage has definitely been getting a good workout yep. Um, yep. and getting a bit more running in as well. The last couple of weeks, I've been doing quite a bit of running um, and have noticed the fitness increase from that, um, which is yeah, good. Perfect. So just got to keep going with that. And, um, yeah, just keep – I mean, I'm an active person generally, so nothing stopped. It's just – thinking going gosh i haven't done anything over 55 k's um since january yep. so yeah i need to need to get back into that space again yeah that's the, exactly but as you say like i've been consistent and you've been riding the trainer and running's great running's just hard there's nowhere to hide there so yeah, um yeah yeah, and, and, obviously and you get into the pain cave with running of like, I don't want to do this, which is kind of what it feels like once you get to about 85 Ks on the mountain bike of like, why, yep. why, why am I doing this? Exactly. <laughs> Although in your case, I didn't realize you're doing the 160. I thought you were doing 100. So yeah. the miler, it's crazy. <laughs> mm, I've done the 100, 100K a couple of times. So I thought, well, let's go and have a good crack at this 100 miler thing. And the first response to I say to that is at least it's not running 160 k's. Surely it's better than that. So, um, so we'll yeah we'll just turn up and keep on pedaling and eating. Really is the job. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so one of my questions was based off the back of what Kushta was talking about is what's your go-to riding snack, Anita? Um, if if it's a race day, um, yeah. I'm a big fan of bumper bars, mainly because yeah, the, yeah. the size of them fits in my little hands really well. Yeah, so I can yeah. pull it out of the pocket really easy. Um, plus, I just like bumper bars. Yeah. Um, but if I'm just doing, I'm just out on the trails mucking around riding for a day, um, I'm also a really big fan of having some boiled eggs in my back pocket. Um, mm. Bit of protein on the trail. Everyone thinks I'm a little bit weird for whipping out a, an egg out of my pocket. Um, but it works for me, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We were discussing uh, boiled eggs before we come on here just now. That's very impressive. Well done on the boiled <laughs> eggs. I'm going to try and do a little bit of that myself and see how that goes. That's awesome. Probably not while I'm riding my mountain bike, though. Um, yeah, there's what... always the risk of them getting it a bit smashed up, but I don't know. It works. <laughs> yeah, good job. Good job. Uh, what's the thing you're most looking forward to over the next couple of months? So we're sort of end of June, into July, start of August. What, what's on the cards um... for you? Just getting a lot more riding in. I also just got a new race bike. So I'm pretty excited to take that out for I get used to it um, before Walk 100. And it will be making its race debut um, in October. So that's a little bit also worrying. Um, but yeah, I've got a few months to get used to it. Um, so that's, yeah, it's going to be a pretty fun couple of couple of weeks getting used to it now. And then once I'm used to it, the next few months of really seeing um, what I can do on it. Perfect. Well, it won't be too worn out. should be good to go for race day. That's the key yeah. thing, rather than having to repeat, replace any bits by the yes. time you turn up. Yeah, she's brand spankers at the moment, so it'll get muddy yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Good job, Anita. Hey, enjoy your enthusiasm. Well done on uh, keeping the ball rolling over these last few weeks because it has been tough. And, uh, yeah, keep on ticking along. And, as you say, it's four months to go, so time to kind of uh, keep chipping away in regards to your training but keep enjoying it and, and spreading that mountain biking goodness about around those groups and things you're doing as well cool thank you thank you for having me and uh yeah enjoy enjoy matariki weekend yeah well done you too thanks <laughs> oh thanks bye. bye see you anita bye good job awesome. full of enthusiasm
Yeah, love it. Um, so I guess I'm going to jump into the driving seat now and ask you a few questions. How about that? Yeah, cool. Okay, let's let's do that. Um, since yeah. since the word's out there that I'm doing this uh, hundred miler um, side of things. Absolutely. And I guess you know, building on the last episode that we talked about, building the foundations for training, such as injury prevention, technique recovery, and a consistent training schedule, training routine in your week. Um, how about we delve a little bit more into the nitty gritty of actually training and what's yep. most important for those lining up for the walker in October. Yeah, nice, um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, we, I mean, we do coach a lot of people, don't we, in terms of all yeah. sorts of different events. So so I guess that's in regards to what what we learn individually about our events, but also what's happening across the board from from people that are beginning sort of and, and doing mm. their first crack at it through to hey, how fast can we actually go in this? So yeah, no, that sounds great. Absolutely. Um, so if we start by breaking down the key training sessions that should be mm. part of every rider's training week. Um, so I guess what's the most important session that riders should be doing at this time of the year? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess the question that's like, as Anita was saying, generally I'd say the long ride would be the one to go with, but actually that's really hard to actually do at the moment with tracks mm. closed and coldness and darkness. And I can't even see the see daylight sometimes depending on the working week and what's happening. So yeah. I guess it depends a little bit on your goals. Um, but I'd have to probably say is that it's actually that speed session, that short, fast session. Let's get that one done because it's time efficient. You can create consistency by getting that speed session done. And it also, like, it really challenges your body's ability to, to be fit and strong, to deliver oxygen to your body. Rather than sort of lower level, it's fully maxing out your body's capabilities of, of to be fit. So so in late June, early July sort of thing, um, maybe that answer changes. But for now based on the amount of benefit that you can get from it and the ease of actually getting in and doing it, maybe it's on the indoor trainer or just a short ride outside, I'd say let's make sure that we get that that speed session done to, to make sure that actually happens. Yeah, great. Um, nice. And I guess with it being cold, how should that be done? So indoor trainer perhaps? Yeah, yeah, like um, like for me, I, I run three groups with sessions a week. So that's three sessions that I have to turn up for. And I don't still, I've been doing it for a couple of years now, still not a big fan of six in the morning on a Monday. But that's yep. what the 20 other people waiting for me. So I have to drag my ass out of bed and get started. Yeah. So, so that's Absolutely. really good. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, old, um, the old indoor trainer with Zwift or Ruby, those sorts of things are great because they just, they're engaging. And especially if you've got some other people, um, mm ride with that makes a massive difference rather than just doing it yourself um and as i mentioned at the top of the show uh that week of walker on zwift that's coming up on the 4th of july so jump on that and uh and it'd be great to see if you can um, join in and ride with us as well yeah cool so if the speed session is most important what would be the next most important yeah, so as I as I kind of mentioned before, it, it really goes back to that long ride. Um, but again, it depends on your goals, your time availability, time availability, um, training options that you have. But ultimately, Walker One Hundred is an endurance event, isn't it? So time on the bike to build that endurance, that aerobic base. Think heart and lungs. Think adaptions to your blood and ability for your muscles to work aerobically. Um, build your strength. Build your pedal, pedal technique. Um, builds the ability for your butt to actually sit on the seat um, and can I cope with that side of things and 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 also your skills about actually riding your mountain bike ride so 
the, those long steady rides might not might not actually be every weekend, might be every second weekend or even every third. But actually, let's see if we can build those in. I think one thing that uh, tends to work really well with those long rides is is um, is even like a long rides on a regular basis. And a long ride for me, that's a couple of hours. It might be minimum of an hour and a, hour and a half, something like that. But hour and a half, two hours, two and a half, up to three hours, that sort of range. But also, I think, um, actually see if you can book into your diary a couple of training camp type weekends. For example, a few friends like, yeah, we're heading to Rotorua for four days mid-August to ride bikes. And uh, four days worth of riding will definitely challenge us. And um, it's a great way to get some solid training riders in without having to squash it around work and things and, yeah. and other things going on. So book it in, tell the family, and um, see if you can get away for one or two of those. Makes a big difference. Yeah, cool. Uh, that sounds hmm. like a fun trip, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it should be good, actually. We've got a few uh, rules around this, around, <laughs> around the trip, and, and I think it's rule number three is that you're not allowed to break yourself in the first 30 minutes. Um, so... <laughs> So, so we don't have to sort of sit out the weekend or, or call the wife to say that actually um, he's he's coming home already. So, and yep. a couple of the lads have decided that actually they just won't ride in the first thirty minutes. It's probably safer. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we've got a speed session and we've got the long steady ride. So that's yep. two sessions per week. What else is there? Yeah, I guess the other one is uh, like a, a strength on the bike session is is the other key one that I really make to try and sort of fit in during the week. So what that is, is it's a, uh, like I like to do like 10 times one minute efforts at a, at a, in a hard gear at a cadence reps per minute of about 60 to 70. So you're working quite hard, you're, you're challenging your muscles, you're, you're, you're developing your ability to be strong on the bike. So for me that like cycling is a strength-based sport and ultimately the more power that you put through the pedals the faster they're actually going to go so alongside building your muscle strength it also helps to improve your pedal technique by engaging your glutes and your hamstring muscles as well so just a really good efficient session and you can you can get that 10 times one sort of done i don't know within half an hour if you really want to but but over the course of 45 minutes or an hour it's a good wee session it could be on the indoor trainer um, it could be a structure workout it could be a, a up and down a hill or even just during the ride depending on how you do it you might go right i've got to do one minute now and just sort of uh grind away um at that and i think the other side of that is make sure that you do some high cadence spinning as well so you don't just get bogged down and think that i always need to ride at that sort of lower cadence you you can mix it up and and get used to uh pedaling in different ways yeah cool Sweet. So now we're up to three sessions a week. We've got a strength on the bike. Is there yeah. anything else? Yeah, uh, I guess skills. We need to like thinking Walker. Walker's a Walker's the best thing about the Walker 100 is it's an actual mountain bike race with proper single tracks, A and B lines. Like when I first rode it a few years ago, um, I was like, A lines, oh, how hard they can they actually be? And then I was like, oh my goodness, I'm riding this two meter vertical drop off, and I think I'm just about going to die. But there's no sort of first aid of ambulance at the bottom either. Like, obviously, <laughs> these guys think this is normal. Um, so, so make sure the skills are there and, um, and try and sort of in include that into your riding because that's just going to help you be more efficient on the trail and actually give you a bigger smile on your face as well. So, that's that's yeah. super important. Um, so practice those skills, build some confidence, enjoy your riding. And it might be that you get some coaching from someone local that you know um, to actually improve that rate of improvement. Don't feel like going over the handlebars is a normal thing to do. We don't want to lose too much skin. So 
So um, so see if you can do that as well. So And obviously also at this time of the year, riding your mountain bike, you've got to look after those trails. So there might be days you can't do that necessarily. So I'd say that's, a, that's another thing that you want to try and include into your week, just actually riding your mountain bike every now and again rather than just on the trainer all the time. Yeah, cool. What about strength yeah. training? Yeah, like I think that's also again important. That's what are we up to now? Is it is it three or four sessions or five sessions now? <laughs> again, five. Yeah, exactly. five. Yeah, I, I guess strength training can be going to the gym, but it doesn't need to be. It can be body weight strength, but but it is really time efficient to improve your power output. And and in terms of if you if you do 10, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of say it's either lifting some weights or doing some body weight strength squats lunges those sorts of things they're really good to be able to actually get you strong and and to be able to hold your body together better less chances of injury etc so from a from a training time rather than spending another three hours on the bike can i actually just do a quick little strength session and then i'll build from there so so a really useful thing to to add in um and it doesn't have to take all day either yeah cool so I guess with all these different pieces and different styles of training, how do we put it all together? Yeah, I guess that's the million dollar question, isn't it? And it sort of the answer to that is really it depends. It depends yeah. on your goals. It depends on where you're at. It depends on your recovery rates, all those sorts of things. So um, in terms of like our coaching and our training, we want to make sure that we build. And then also it's the recovery on when you get better. So the training session breaks your body down and the recovery, the rest, the nutrition um, that's where we get better. So that's the balancing act um, that we want to try and think about. So that's off the, over the course of the week. And then we also want to think about every now and again, maybe after every three or four weeks, have a bit of an easier week just to kind of mm. mentally freshen up so it's so it doesn't get too much for you. Yeah. Like physically, we can keep doing this stuff, but mentally we be, need to be able to keep wanting to do it as well. So I guess it's, it's, it's putting the jigsaw puzzle of those things together. Um, ultimately, to improve your Walker 100 performance, to get good at riding your bike, you need to ride your bike. So the more you do it, the better you'll get. So as long as you can recover from that, then then you're going to go well. So I guess it's um, putting a bit of a plan in place, sticking it on the fridge, uh, making sure that people in, that are close to you know what you're looking to try, try and do so they can support you as well. And I guess that's also what we do in regards to that coaching support whether it's a training plan that we we help you out with or actually giving you some coaching support around what are some targets how do we how do we achieve this and giving you some little goals to to tick off as we go yeah cool that's mm. great and so i guess with what you're doing what you're lining up for um yeah. how much like i guess how much training will you do or how much training should someone do do you need to be able to ride 100k's and climb you know 3000 meters yeah, that's that's a good question actually. Like when you're talking about say that hundred k event, it's a big job. It's a it's yeah. it's a marathon, isn't it? So, do you run a run a road marathon before the marathon? Probably mm. the answer is no, um, yeah. due to the chances of injury and just how hard it is on the body. And am I actually going to recover from that? So, yeah, you you you'll ride a hundred k's, but three and a half thousand meters of climbing, uh, that's going to take me eight hours on single tracks. You don't necessarily need to do that, but but. It also depends on your confidence ability. What what have you done before? Have you done other endurancey type things? You may decide that you want to get close to that because actually, like I want to know that I can do it on race day. So you get to a point at at, at about that eighty k point I've found and seventy five k's in the 
in the Walker 100 and you just don't want to be there anymore. Riding your bike sucks yeah. and I've had enough of this and this is just average. And and that's for race day, isn't it? That's actually, yeah. I just need to muscle this out. I've just got to keep turning my pedals. I've got to keep eating and somehow I will actually finally get there. Even if you think you're never, ever, ever, ever going to make it, you do in the end, don't you? Well, you'll make it. Yeah, <laughs> somehow. Chocolate milk for recovery at the end. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just don't stop. I think it's if you stop, then you've got problems. If you if you throw your bike in the bush and say this is this sucks, I've had enough, then you've got problems. But as long as you yeah. just keep turning those pedals, then you'll go okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice work. Cool. Um, yeah, perfect. Uh, oh, I've just seen a good question come up here from Tim Farmer. So while um, will I stay dry while I'm crossing the creek at 159.8 days? That's a very good question. I think that's one of those uh, photos I'm sure everybody's seen. That moment that I, uh, well, I actually rode it the day before through the creek, it was perfectly fine. I think Tim actually dug a little bit of extra ditch out on that particular ride and uh, managed to go over the handlebars, uh, which is posted on uh, the Waka 100 Instagram page once a month, once every couple of months. Uh, will I stay dry? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh, I am going to try and send it over that jump, I think. And that could get ugly after the um, 159.8K. So um, we'll see. And I mean, another Facebook user just said maybe those skills include jumping. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, that's actually the reason why I've done, well, I, I went back to do the Waka 100 a second time was actually to ride the whole course and make sure I, I hit that creek crossing and jumped it. Um, but obviously there's no photos of that particular moment, is there? It's interesting how that happens. Yeah. And there's been yeah. another good question coming in that I think we should quickly talk about is uh, what are some of the common things that can break on your bike during the race? So what do you need to learn how to fix? Mm, yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, first of all, I think making sure that your bike is good to go is yeah. really important. And it's been serviced um, a couple of weeks before the race, so so it decreases the chance of stuff happening. Um, tubeless tyres are great these days, and that really decreases the chances of punches being yeah. such an issue. So that's good. Um, but, yeah, a broken chain, that, that can be a thing. So having an idea of that, it's those backcountry-type maintenance things. Um, sticking a bike back together but again if you're changing your gears well and 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 not putting massive pressure changing into a harder gear whilst you're going uphill and around corners mm. that'll decrease the chances of that happening but yeah it's always good to know how to change a tire it's good to know how to uh, break a chain and put it back together if you need to a missing link is a really good little um, thing to have in your back pocket so you can actually clip a chain and and put it back together reasonably quickly um, I guess they are the major things really if you're if, if it goes beyond that, you're going to start needing some proper big support to be able to actually get you to the um, finish line. And hopefully you're within 59.8 Ks and you can run your bike over the last 200 metres to the finish line. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, nice work. Fantastic. So you've got a lot of work to do in between now and then. <laughs> I think that's the answer, isn't it? Yep. So we'll have a uh, we'll be uh, doing a speed session early in the morning tomorrow um, with a with a bunch of people, which should be good. And uh, yeah, for me, it's about consistency. It's about making mm. sure that we we keep on chipping away. I'll, I will be running as well. That's part of it. Making sure I do some strength strength training. Yeah. But um, yeah, booking in some of those uh, longer rides is the next key thing. And getting out and about on the trails as they dry up and the the weather yeah. starts opening up a little bit as well. Oh, exciting. We've had a big show. Uh, Jess, one or two sort of key takeaways for you as a summary. Organisation, that one still rings from Krishla. So knowing your nutrition plan, 
um, and being prepared and sticking to it. So, you know, by the time you're already hungry and thirsty, it's probably too late. Um, So stick to that nutrition plan um, and just get excited. Get excited for these these amazing events coming up. Yeah, that's right. And it's great that we can. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. It's cool to get excited, isn't it? I, I really like the fact, like doing the 160K, you're not quite sure if you can actually do it. So that, does mm. motivate you to actually get out and do some training rather than going, oh, I, I know I can, but but niggling in the back of the mind is like, I'm not sure how this is actually going to go. I better make sure that I'm as prepared as I can for this. Yeah. So that makes sense too. So yeah, just get out and enjoy enjoy that training. Um, keep it fun. It doesn't want to be a, a job at this time of the year and that'll help you get out and actually make it happen, whether it's just riding your bike on some trails or socially with others um, or maybe as an eater, eating a boiled egg while she's riding a mountain bike. Maybe that's the takeaway. Try and have a crack at that. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, so big thanks to Mike. Big thanks to Kushner and Anita for joining us. Um, thanks for joining, uh, for pushing the buttons, Jess, and keeping us on track. And mm-hmm. uh, until next Thank time, you. enjoy Yeah, enjoy getting out there riding your bike. Hopefully we'll see you on the Waka 100 Week of Zwift um, <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time on the 4th of July. And um, all the best and enjoy riding your bike team. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Yeah, see ya.